Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. Tonight, we are back and we are live with an amazing group of Guardians on the show. We got my co-host Shadow Price on the show, and we have an incredible lineup of incredible, incredible guests. First up, we have Mr. Rami Ismail, who is a video game industry legend. He's a game developer, producer with so much experience in gaming. He is best known for co-founding the independent game studio Vlambeer, who is the success behind video games like Super Crate Box, Nuclear Throne, and Luftrausers. Rami is an inspiration. He is well known for his advocacy for independent gaming, and he has spoke at so many amazing industry events from the Game Developers Conference to PAX to Game Dev World. Rami is one of the biggest Destiny fans in the world, and we're so, so honored and excited to welcome him back on the show. But Guardians, we ain't done. We ain't done. We also have an up-and-coming Destiny community builder and content creator, Mr. Midking, who is a passionate guardian who loves streaming Destiny 2 and Elden Ring, and he loves playing competitive multiplayer, and I hear he placed among some of the top guardians in Day 1 Deepstone Crypt Raid, completing it in under 24 hours, just in the nick of time. Mid King, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. It's a big moment. I feel like a fangirling here. This is awesome. And Guardians, tonight on the Destiny Show, we're going to deep dive with Rami and Mid King. We're going to dive into all of the latest news from Bungie. We're going to talk weapon changes. We're going to talk about the new exotic trailer that just came out. We're going to talk about communities in gaming and so much more. But I got to let you all know that 
Tonight's episode of The Destiny Show is brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious meals delivered right to your door. Use promo code POGHF88690 and try HelloFresh today to save 65% off and get free shipping off your first box. And make sure to tell our friends at Green Man Gaming that they are awesome. Pick up your copy of Destiny 2 Lightfall today from Green Man Gaming. Save 15% and get the Quicksilver Exotic Ornament and get ready for Lightfall. Pick up your favorite games from Green Man Gaming and let them know we sent you. And thank you so much to Green Man Gaming for supporting the show. So Guardians, we're going to kick things off. We have my good friend and my co-host, Shadow Price. Shadow Price, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really good. Thanks for asking. You know, it's re really good to be back. You know, it, it feels like every time we come back, it's like a warm blanket, you know, just like just like Destiny. You know, it's a nice warm blanket. It's a nice, comfortable place to be. Um, missed podcasting in general. So many curveballs have been thrown in my life. But you know what? I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now and I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You know, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm ready for Lightfall. Happy you know, to have Rami here and Mid King and you know, let's just do it. Let's have fun. Awesome. Guardians, so I hope you're ready. We're gonna kick things off for our discussion with the Guardians. We have a lot of questions from the community. We're gonna kick things off right now. So the first question that we have for our guest tonight is kind of similar to what we always ask on the show. And that is how did you all get started in Destiny? Mid King, do you want to kick things off? Sure, sure. So I've been playing Destiny since probably the closed alpha in 2014, I think. It was about a week after my birthday. I might have got an email or saw an advert. Uh, and I kind of haven't looked back since. I mean, uh, Destiny's been sort of integral to my development in terms of gaming and what I play and what I do and my lifestyle choices daily. And it's sort of hard not to not to have gotten into it being a Halo fan. So I think that's going to be my general answer for, for that. Very, very cool. Mm. And Rami, I mean, I know we've we've probably asked you this before, but but how did you get your start in Destiny? Right. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, very, very similar there. I mean, big Bungie fan from way way back uh, you know huge fan of Halo always been a huge fan of the way Bungie does uh, uh, action and gun feel specifically uh, was really surprised back then by ODST and Reach and then when you know they started talking about Destiny downloaded it straight away uh, played it and yeah same thing as, uh, as Mid King there like just never never stopped playing that's that's really cool and yeah i mean we all have kind of a similar story you know we we started playing way back when now i'm, I'm curious did you both get your start in halo yeah i did i mean i think i played myth before that as well i think that was bungie that was bungie uh yeah 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 
so I came I came from there and then uh, and then Halo and then I was originally a PC gamer. I never owned a console. Like you know, the first time I wanted a console it was a PlayStation. But my dad went to the black market and bought a police station, which was an NES knockoff in a PlayStation casing. Um, so my PlayStation could not play the copy of Final Fantasy that I had bought with my birthday money. Uh, but I could play Super Mario. And then uh, I never never got a console until I moved out and got my own place. And then instead of a PlayStation, I think I was just... I was actually convinced to buy an Xbox because of... What was it called? It was this weird party game that was out on the... Fusion Frenzy. That was it. That was the one. I saw that in a store and I was like, I need this one instead of the PlayStation. So <laughs> that's how I ended up on Xbox. Then I stuck with Xbox um, up until the uh, Xbox One came out. And yeah, so that meant Halo was a big part of my of my gaming diet at that point. And uh, yeah, never regretted it. I played every Halo game with my friends, you know, set it up co-op. Uh, multiple Xboxes when that's needed. It's also why I stopped playing Halo at Halo 5. Like, nothing against the devs, but I just I want to play Halo with my friends on a couch, yelling at each other at how my one friend always, like, is terrible at the game. Um, yeah, well, the screen looker, but also a campaign. He managed to kill us, you know, get, like, a nice little gravity hammer and just smash in the middle of the elevator and bounce all of us off. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my, my, my experience with Bungie was just always just like very social, very fun, uh, way of playing. So when, uh, when, when they came with like, this is going to be an online game that you continuously play with friends, it's a social game, you know, back when destiny came out, there was no word for this kind of game, right? They couldn't figure out how to describe it. Was it an MMO? Was it not an MMO? Was it kind of like an MMO? There just there wasn't anything like Destiny that you could easily refer to. Um, so yeah, social shooter like they they didn't know. And me and my girlfriend at the time we looked at it and we were like, yeah, yeah, let's try that. So yeah, no, straight straight from Halo. That's 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 the best way to describe Love me. That. I actually got my start playing uh halo as well and i think my first game that i played was halo reach but then i went back and played the older games because i realized man I, i'm missing out on a lot of awesome games and i started with reach you yeah. started with reach you got you got to play it chronologically that was the prequel so, yep. so yeah so prequel. it, it kind of worked out in this perfect symmetry where i first played halo reach i fell in love with it in fact Shadow Price and I were roommates at the time, and I remember we both went to Walmart for the release day, and we picked up copies of Destiny, or not Destiny, excuse me, Halo Reach. And it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, it's a very social game because it it very much is, right? It's, it's a game that you are able to play with all of your friends, and mm-hmm. through the years that we had moved apart, and um, there was always this game that kept us all connected and playing together and enjoying and uh i remember very fond memories of playing mm-hmm. firefights for man more hours than i will care to admit such great memories <laughs> reach was so good 
Reach was so good. That menu screen. Reach, Reach was good. Oh, yeah. The music and everything, too. It was just, it was epic. It was so good. That entire crew, also, just like the fates of each of the crew and like the. the yeah, the story driven narrative was the really good. The conclusion of the game. Definitely. Oh, they yeah, and then nailed especially that. The first time you're in the space and you're in, you're in the ship, it's just no feeling like it. Oh my yeah. god, the space yeah. mission! That, oh, yeah, I love, I love. Yeah, I'm kind of like so in much. the same boat as Rami. It's weird saying Rami because that we share the same name, except mine spelled like the Hulu show with a Y. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, hard flex, right? So uh, I, 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 it's the same same boat. Uh, started off with a con- with a console. Uh, the Halo game kind of sold the xbox and carried microsoft through a lot of years so i got started right away with halo mm-hmm. um and similarly so a lot of couch co-op gaming a lot of local land play you know we would go <laughs> to rent centers rent tvs and you know everyone would bring their xbox and we'd have 16 players in one place physically ordering pizza whatever you know it was re- really really mm-hmm. really fun times I've played every Bungie game since then, uh, but not before that. Like, I never played Myth. Um, I hear good things, but I, I've just played everything else after that. I heard a rumor that, I don't know if it's Myth or Marathon, but I, I hear one of the older games are being remade by Bungie. Is it Marathon? I think it's Marathon. I, I, the rumor I heard I was so, also yeah. Marathon, but I don't know how accurate that is. I just love Bungie. They're such yeah. trolls. <laughs> you know, when you when you think of Bungie's history, and I, I love them dearly, but when you think of the company's history, it's like they were doing Apple games, <laughs> then they went to the main competitor of Apple, so <laughs> to Microsoft, then they went indie, and then ended up with Activision Blizzard, and then they left Activision Blizzard, and they went indie, and now they're at Sony, which is Microsoft's main company, and I'm just like, you know, it, would, it should just say Bungie and then right below it, zero fucks given. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's literally or every since time. last acquisition or last merger. Just like, okay, add one to the tally. Yeah, We're going to talk now. about that. Yeah. We're going to dive into that a little bit because I, I think that's a very interesting oh. turn of events to see, you know, Sony be the owners now of Bungie after such a long history. And I, I feel like... Back in the day when Activision and and uh, Bungie broke up, I feel like part of the reason was to get away from PlayStation and Sony, but also it was part of it was the exclusivity in content that we were getting at that time. So I can understand that. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But before we do, I know that Rami was with us very early on when we were just a, a little seedling of a podcast very, very early on. And I'm I'm curious, you know, it's been a few years now since we last had a chance to connect, and I'm 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 curious, you know, how how have you been? How's life? What fun projects have you been working on since we last spoke? Oh wow, yeah, that was a while ago. That was one of the one of the first episodes when, like, what was it? Episode it was like episode 10, 14. 12? 14. Wow, that yeah, that was a while ago. No, a lot has been happening in my life. I mean, uh, you know, I've been. Uh, I think back at that point, Flambeer was still, I think Flambeer might still have existed or we just quit. I don't remember exactly, but uh, Flambeer, the game studio I was at, we decided to shut it down. Been making arcade games for 10 years. Really loved my job. Nuclear Throne, Luftrousers, Ridiculous Fishing. 
Uh, but also it was kind of time for a new challenge in my life. So uh, since then, I've mostly been helping. Um, so I've been consulting a lot of games, small indie games, all the way to AAA games. Um, beyond that, I've mostly been trying to be helpful for people making games in places where the games industry is not that established. So a lot of countries around the world, everything from like, you know, uh, uh, Uruguay to uh, an Indonesia, um, from Colombia to uh, South Africa, just going around the world, meeting people that make games, seeing what they need, seeing how I can help. And then doing that, it's been really rewarding. Obviously, COVID sort of shut that down for two years. So it's kind of starting back up again. Um, but it's so cool to learn from all these people making games, to teach all these people making games, and to really get this fresh perspective on on this medium that I think all of us love um, to see how people's culture and their history and their um, and their background sort of like seeps into these things that they make. Um, and how to become such a big part of what is beautiful about games for me. So I've, I've been, you know, like overall in life, I've been really good. Like you have your, you know, daily ups and downs, but, uh, overall, like I've been very fortunate. Um, then besides that during COVID, I decided to get my pilot's license, uh, something I've wanted to do all my life, but never had the opportunity to, um, I think COVID sort of grounded me. So I decided to just take to the skies myself so i can now fly airplanes that's new um and that's been really fun as well like i don't know i've always had a fondness for airplanes since i was a little kid flying back and forth between the netherlands and egypt because i'm half dutch half egyptian um so for my entire life just i've had a i've i've wanted to be able to fly airplanes i was always told that i couldn't because i have glasses and then turns out that was nonsense so uh, I'm actually. <laughs> this is a fairly late recording for me. It's two thirty in the in the morning uh, in the Netherlands, um, and I have a flight tomorrow morning at like eleven. So I do need to get I do do need to get some uh, some sleep at some point. But I I have a, I have a, something a bit more to hang out. So we'll we'll be good. Well, Rami, we're so grateful to to have you join us so late in the night, and I feel like you're night owl because the last time we had you on, you were. On with us pretty late as well not quite as late as now but i feel like our conversation last time we had like a three-hour podcast right i'm a game developer what can i tell you so you're used to making games or or podcasts and so awesome that you got your pilot's license because i'll tell you a little secret i'm actually working on getting my drone pilot's license because i picked up a, a dji mavic air and if it's if it's larger than two hundred and fifty so cool. grams, you need pretty much a license to fly. So I've been slowly mm -hmm. but surely working on getting my license so I can finally enjoy my larger drone that I've uh, picked up. That's so so cool that you um, were able to get your pilot's license. Now I'm curious: Do you regularly fly um, now that you have your license? Once, once every two weeks on average. Um, Europe is really lovely for flying because there's a lot of countries here, but there's not really borders. So uh, a few weeks ago, I decided to fly to France from the Netherlands. And, you know, you just wake up, you decide you fly, want to fly to France, and you have croissants for lunch. And um, That's kind of phenomenal. I flew to England once. I've been to Germany. I have uh, Denmark on my list. I want to go to... 
to Austria and Italy in the nearby future. Um, it's just a really remarkable freedom that you get from, you know, just getting to the airfield, looking at your airplane, looking at how much fuel you want to bring and going like, hmm, with the winds today, I could make it to London uh, in like two hours. And that's just a, a really, it's very addicting. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that's amazing. It's, that's it's un, that's kind unreal. Of a, kind yeah. of a so problem. Un unplanned question, but what's the most beautiful place that you've ever flown to? I mean, so far, I think the uh, Alps in uh, Germany, the mountains are obviously beautiful. I didn't go through the Alps yet. That's the Italy flight that I have ahead of me. Um, but uh, definitely just like mountains are so beautiful to fly. And then the other thing that gets really cool is if there's several layers of clouds up in the sky and then getting between the first and the second layer. So you just have like clouds above you, you have clouds below you. I can't fly through clouds because my license doesn't allow me. Um, but I can fly between clouds. That's fair. And it's just, it can be so majestic. The sky is just amazing. And I have to admit from up, from up at like, you know, 2,000, 3,000 feet, any place is beautiful. Like, even if it's just like a filthy industrial, like, you know, area with like smog and smoke, just seeing it from above, you look at it, you're like, it's so small and it looks like such a little like anthill, you know, things are just happening. Uh, I've, I've yet to find a place that isn't beautiful when the sun hits it just right. You know, I can, I can only imagine like I've, I've you know been on a plane, but I've never actually had a chance to truly enjoy it beyond just lift off. Have you actually flown the drone before, or so not I have a, a I have a small one, and I I actually take it out pretty regularly. I live in Florida, so we have a lot of really nice uh, blue skies and really nice scenery. I have a smaller drone, the original Mavic Mini, and that's something I've been really enjoying taking out into the oh, sky yeah. and just taking pictures and, and videos. More of a hobby for me. Then you know the perspective, right? You know the perspective of like looking at the earth from above. It's just such a remarkable way of looking it at, gives at you everything. An appreciation of this world in in a way that we normally don't see. We don't see the, the world from that lens. And to be able to do that, that definitely gives you a greater appreciation for the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. We got Mid King here. Hello. And I know that. King had quite an achievement back in the Deep Stone Crypt, and I want to learn about that. I want to learn about your day one raid experience and how did that all come about? I mean, you, from my understanding, you made it with just a bit of time left, and I, I want to I want to learn about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've been doing day ones, I think, since Destiny Two launch. Uh, the last few day ones have been much more streamlined and you know whereas as opposed to just you know spending four to eight hours and having a you know not the best time these last few ones have been much more consistent i kind of think i find a finally found a team that i gel with and you know a lot of people from our clan that i think mechanically are strong and also uh are humble are are, are you know confident enough to humble themselves you know whenever something goes wrong which is like the biggest challenge really is like admitting a mistake so uh deep stone 
was going well up until about eight tracks, uh, which is the uh, second encounter. And when we got to eight tracks, uh, that's sort of when everything went downhill. Uh, we spent about eighteen hours on eight tracks. Uh, we were trying every every possible meta we met sort of damage meta we could. Uh, the biggest problem was the person who was our scanner, uh, great guy, Turkish guy, but he he had a hard time finding you know a tra the replica and you know obviously you guys know if you don't find the replica you can't do damage so we had a hard time just getting the damage and so he kind of gave up which is unfortunate would have liked to see him you know grind through it and we just rotate we rotated up through about 11 11 people um by the time we got through it and it was just like to get to that point where it's near defeat, but you're able to like get through. It's it's nice. Uh, so yeah, we we got through eight tracks, and then we just kind of third encounter was just amazing. It was really fun. I mean, I think that still is to this day one of the best day one encounters, uh, in my opinion, because it's just action. It's just action for five to ten minutes, and you're just yelling. You're <laughs> you're trying to like work with your team, and you know. When we first tried to problem solve it, it it was really cool too. Uh, that's probably another like uh, underrated point is the, the amount of problem solving that you have to do, and trying to sort of working with the team and working through mechanics. Uh, but yeah, we got we got through that. We got to last encounter. It was twenty four minutes left before <laughs> the reset, and we got it done. So uh, I gotta uh, know, like, walk me through the last half hour. And and what was going through your mind as you were doing that encounter? I mean, we we were at we were at the point of can we continue? Like, are we going to finish this? Like, we ha we I remember it was like the two hour two hour left mark, and we were just like on fumes. We just didn't. We just <laughs> I don't know how we were. We were. I couldn't even hit the W key. Like my fingers were tired. Like. So we we kind of had, had like a little uh, stop button. We we kind of took a few minutes to wash our faces with cold water, get our our caffeine pill or coffees or Red Bulls, and just grind it out. And it was it was unreal. I don't think I'll ever experience something like that ever again. Um, things have come close, but the 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 mental toughness and like the willpower it takes is something else. I mean, you you're also at the same time hearing about you know other fire teams that are getting through it you're like oh man why are we taking so long so all the self-doubt and all this it's all this like this pressure and negativity not really negative, but still all this pressure and self-doubt that that sort of comes up and you're like all right well we got to get through this we got we got to do this so uh in our clan i think one we had four day one teams for deep stone i think only two of us got got through one finished about 18 hours we finished about you know 23 and a half so uh i also i mean I I love the day one experience. I feel like there's nothing else like it in any game, in any... There's no better feeling than a day one, in my opinion. I even take off, you know, I used, I take two weeks off to prepare for it from work. I take a few days off the day after, the, the days after to recover. Uh, I'm, I am addicted to the feeling and the rush of day one experiences. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that was a really hard um, contest raid, wasn't it? Like... It was like some like Atrax was a pretty big DPS check. I mean, wasn't he? 
like when you when when depends who you ask i mean this was in the height of the the war mind cell meta so like protective light was kind of good uh so was it hard to stay alive not really but was it hard to get through yes it was i feel like we ended up doing uh anarchy double slug which was what we used for every, that encounter, the last encounter. Oh, that's when Anarchy was still good. Well, yeah. d- don't sleep on Anarchy just yet. It might make a comeback next season. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, how many people had laments like they were using? Like, uh, still, did you have like half the group using laments? Well, I think I only about four of us had it. So, it w- yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, it, was so, it was such a hot new gotcha. uh, item. So I feel like a lot of us tried to work around that. But I'm just glad we got mm-hmm. it done. I mean, just thinking about it now is giving me goosebumps. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. And you know, we've we've tried many occasions to do a day one clear, and we've never we never made it. And it's I have a lot of respect for people who are able to do something like that because um, it takes a lot of strength and so much it, it takes so much to to be able to do that and uh, i'm curious rami you're you're a pretty hardcore destiny player have you ever attempted a day one clear were you brave enough no i just i i wish i could do them like i really do but i i can't make the time in my schedule and very frequently uh releases come out when things are busy in the games industry so for me, they always kind of land at the wrong time. So I've done week ones, uh, but not day ones. It's just not. I I wish I could. I'm really jealous to hear this because, you know, limited time events, like, uh, you know, doing something that is like hard and difficult. And it's a bit more. I, I try to stay. Um, I try to go into the raids blind. So I don't watch the day one. I don't read the guides, I don't read the strategies, and I bring a team of five other players that don't check uh, anything either. And then we go in blind and we try to figure it out just without you know, any contest mode or um, any modifiers or anything. We just try to figure it out ourselves. And it's so much fun. Like We love doing that. It's very low pressure. We have, we have, the, um, we have the week uh, to do it. And it, it's, that's basically how I do it every time. Yeah, no, I, I've I've tried, you know, but um, I I don't know if it's something that we can do. Shadow Price and I have made so many attempts at doing day one clear, and I have a lot of respect for people who are able to do it. But it's definitely testing mm-hmm. of your strength and efforts. So I'm curious, slightly different topic. We are. 26 days away from destiny to lightfall and i'm i'm curious what are you all most excited for with destiny to lightfall that's coming out in just under a month uh you want to start Mickey, you want to take it? No, uh, I mean, no, no, you take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. You go. You go. Okay, uh, so most excited. Uh, so the next step in the story, like where the story's going. Uh, obviously, I just you know told you how much I love the day one experiences. So the 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 new raid. The, I think two new dungeons uh, during the year. 
Uh, I think they're introducing a new build mechanic. I'm not really 100% sure on what's happening, like uh, whether we're going to get a new form of elemental well or so the, new, the new build mechanic, I, I guess, to describe it. Uh, the quality of life changes, uh, you know, the new weapons and transmog, and then sort of how movement tech changes, because uh, I also like to speedrun things. So how they evolve movement tech is going to be something I'm looking forward to, too. I mean, for me, you know, every time they've done an expansion, the last, like, what, three expansions, they've basically released a sequel. Mm -hmm. Like, every, 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 new, um, every new expansion has been a sequel, and it's just been wild to watch how they sort of slowly have been making this into a new game. So, you know, with, um, with Shadowkeep, there were... A lot of changes to to basically the way the game works and the way uh, progression works and then they did um uh beyond light they did the 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 whole sort of like revamp of how um what was it in beyond light oh they added stasis obviously they started on the the 3.0 and um they did a lot of like work on like guns i think back then and then the Witch Queen, complete revamp of all the subclasses, and now they're coming in, then they're redoing all the building and like the the build crafting and all of that. And like the amount of work that um that they're putting into this is just it's just kind of bonkers, honestly. Um and then yeah, for me, obviously I'm I'm I love the lore of Destiny. Like I'm just very excited to see where the story goes because it's it's a, it's a lot that's happening right now. I feel like this is the first time that Bungie is giving us almost like this Spider-Man type world that gives you abilities that I feel like we've never really had before and I'm I'm quite excited about that yeah. between Neptune and neo muna and the new raid i'm i'm so so excited for the new raid that's going to be coming out you know we haven't had a new raid in quite some time now we haven't had one since the witch queen launch it's it's going to be exciting to to experience that again i am um, i i am you know well, a raid a year i think that's that's harsh enough on the raid team that's a lot of content but <laughs> um the um I think strand and and the uh the 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 sort of like strand slinging mechanic that's a really interesting one because that has the potential to really break a lot of destiny depending on how it's it's implemented um I think I understood that it's gonna replace the the um, the grenade ability um recently, which that does sound exciting but uh, yeah, I'm really curious how Strand. As a game designer, I'm just really curious how Strand is implemented because, especially the 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 swinging, the slinging, um, that's a really odd thing to add to a video game. Like, um, uh, Mitking was was referring to it earlier, but like evolving that movement sandbox and that mobility sandbox, that's not a content level change that's a structural change to the game and the way the game works depending on how it's implemented yep. and i feel like if they implement it on a content-based level it's 
it's not going to be a full class. They, they can't do that. They can't go, okay, Strand works at Neomuna and nowhere else, right? Like, it has to work everywhere. Um, but then if it doesn't work everywhere, uh, but then if it does work everywhere, how do you deal with, like, a jumping puzzle yeah. now? Right? So just very curious how that works. Do you think they had to do some uh, engine work? Uh, to uh, you know, get that to oh, work that's properly. Such a hot topic, the things engine. like that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those topics that, as a game developer, I get really tired <laughs> of. But I, I get why there's such a fascination with it. But yeah, that's engine level work, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of, um, there's a lot of issues on a on a on a content skill that you will see if you know the people have been speedrunning. Mitking mentioned speedrunning earlier, but like. A lot of games are smoke and mirrors. We're just pretending that's a wall. There is no wall. We're just rendering it because you're not supposed to reach it. <laughs> and then when you do reach it, you realize, oh, there, it's literally just a floating piece of like flat image. There's nothing behind it. From the right place, from the right angle, it looks like a wall. But you know, given this ability, they probably have to go and touch up a lot of places, make sure that they're correct, even in places that we've been to already. Um, they'll have had to like look into that, you know, like places that were thunder crashable before, but only thunder crashable, uh, now can also be reached with a way in which you might be able to manipulate space much more if the strand orbs or the strand connection points only appear above ground or near ground. It's gonna feel wing clipped and that won't feel good. Bungie is really good at making things feel good, so there's just I feel like they've created a paradox for themselves, but they did it. And I respect I respect it. I'm terrified, but I respect it. And how is it going to be on the last gen consoles too? Is the other so question. many hot topics. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. I don't believe they would do it if they weren't sure about it, but it does make me wonder what compromises were made here to to make that work because there have to be compromises that's a really interesting point and i didn't even consider that there would be such technical limitations but yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah boom. <laughs> when, when they yeah, show yeah. sorry yeah, go ahead. Universe. When they show that trailer with with the with the um, with the guardian doing the thunder crash and then the other person like stranding along to them, <laughs> yeah. I first I screamed for like fifteen seconds straight, um, and then after I screamed for fifteen seconds straight, I just went like, "Oh no!" The amount of work that has to go into that, and the amount of like exploits, speedrun strategies, weird collision issues that are going to happen when this hits the meta. I like I went from like screaming to like feeling very sorry for all the the destiny engineers that work on collision and movement and mobility because wow that is yeah that's a lot I don't want to program that yeah, collision is already a, a a big thing like you know bouncing off a wall and burst gliding off but like to add this to it like I I don't even know what where where this movement could could take it like i don't know where it can go i mean i could only imagine uh source skating someone source skating someone else stranding to that source skater go going super far 
and then just sort of reciprocating that same effect and just clearing so much. I I, I just and then it's tough. And then thunder crashing from that point upwards, yeah. and you, you know you can you can st- there's so many ways to chain this together that it's getting kind of silly. Yeah, no, that's well said. And Mid King, what what are you most excited for with Destiny Two Lightfall? Um, I mean, most excited. I mean, I, oh, I mean everything. I mean, it just this is essentially Destiny Three that that we know it, uh, just without some of the polish. I think. Um, no disrespect. I mean, just this is big. I mean, I feel like. Story-wise, thematically, uh, we've hit... I mean, this would have been Destiny 3, right? Uh, or Witch Queen would have been Destiny 3. I can't remember. But it feels it feels like we're heading into, into a new direction. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, the, you know, story, raid, dungeon, the sort of build potential and the, the movement changes, really. Feels like Destiny 5 <laughs> yeah, to me honestly, at this point. Nine years of grinding. <laughs> Just uh, no, but genuinely, the, the amount of the amount of stuff they change every. Exp- I think it's really hard to see, maybe from the outside. But like, remember the economy changes they were doing with the Shadow Keep. Shadow Keep, like oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. most. Of- That's a new video game. The amount of work you do to rebalance your economy, like that, that yeah. the full time must have the full team must have worked on that for like was the majority that, of the year. The, uh, there, there's no the way around. It era like the synth chord synth thread was that also that era too i don't remember uh wasn't that i think that was beyond light i don't remember but basically yeah, there was, was one light. expansion where they did they redid the entire economy and progression there was one expansion where they added a new subclass started changing the subclass yeah, meta. Armor 2.0 i believe was and armor 2.0 Yep. shadow keep yeah 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 that, that's a new that's a new video game the way you balance that out is effectively a new video game and then would be on light to add the subclass broke the original meta um added a complete new like type and then read it a lot of the um it wasn't the campaign it was something else that they read it then witch queen introduced a completely new difficulty paradigm yeah right and add a 3.0 for every subclass and now they're going one up again like myth king was saying like the amount of polish that they're putting onto this the amount of uh, work that they're doing um they just keep releasing new destinies and just calling them expansions i don't know what's like any one of those projects Huge. is like just staggering amounts of work and i don't know it's always hard for me to say because my perspective has been from inside the games industry for so long it's hard for me to say how obvious these things are from the outside sometimes but that armor 2.0 that's um that's a like cataclysmic change to a video game right like anything off and the game is just instantly done and i just really love bungie for experimenting like that on a live game and just going like well you know what let's redo all the armor (laughs) let's hope it works um and sometimes it doesn't and it breaks the game for like 24 hours, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I was going to say another hot topic. You got all the hot topics tonight, Shadow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody <laughs> got to bring it. 
<laughs> so um, I'm curious on the topic of Destiny 3. Do you all think we'll ever get an official Destiny 3 from Bungie? I'm eventually. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know. 20, you know, 50. <laughs> I mean, for, for, first it was the 10 year I, plan. And now it's kind of, we've been in quote unquote Destiny 2 for a little while now, but I, I don't know. I mean, what would, what would a three look like? I mean, uh, they will never do a three. Um, the reason they'll never do a three is because if they do a sequel, it would just be called Destiny. They're not going to make that mistake again. Right. Um, it, it'll just be Destiny. Like, they'll go back to Destiny, and Destiny 1 will be renamed Destiny 1 or something. Like, it makes no sense to call it Destiny 3. Yeah, that too um, was an Activision thing, you know? Right. It's like, yeah. So, I agree. it'll be Destiny. It will happen, because the amount of tech de depth that they're racking up on the game right now means that eventually it'll be more efficient or effective to start from scratch. We actually yeah. saw that um uh, last week when um you know those two other life service games shut down a uh, rumble first and what was the other one um the the dodgeball one oh yeah um what is it the something kings right yeah i think yeah. so yeah i can't, um, I can't recall either that studio just came straight out of the gate and said like you know our biggest problem is just like in building this game we learned so much about what we did wrong Knockout Kings. There you go. Knockout right. Kings. Yeah. yeah. They learned so much. They got so much better. But eventually, you just get stuck to what the code can do and what the code can do. And you just you don't have options to improve it without going back and fixing everything. And Bungie is going to run into that same issue again at some point. Like, not for any poor planning, not because they made any mistakes. It's just as they're going, they're learning together with us, together with the community, together with the Guardians. They're learning what works, what doesn't work. You know, like, don't forget, this is the same game, the same tech stack, the same programming code that originally did seasons like uh, the seasons of The Forge, right? Which was a completely different video game. But they've been hacking away. They've been changing. They've been removing stuff. I think a large part of why we're seeing the vaulting as well is because they need to touch those parts of the game before they can work with the stuff that they've added. Um, so giving them that freedom to have some spaces and to, to not have certain content in the game so they can, uh, touch stuff that is related to it. That's a huge part of how they're going to keep a game like this afloat for a few more years, but eventually it's just not, it's not sane to keep updating this code stack. Like they're, they're going to start from scratch, take all the things they've learned and, and build a new one. Do you think we can expect something like this to take place after Final Shape? That's what I would do. Makes sense. Yeah, and they have matter too, so it's like, what, what's, what's that becoming? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's going to matter well. eventually. I can't speak from the uh, development standpoint, but I could probably speak from like the the end user standpoint. And you know, going from Destiny One to Two, like a lot of people were not happy with it. A lot of people were very upset because the end of Destiny 1, with uh, the end of Rise of Iron, we had so many good things going on, and Destiny 2 kind of hit the reset button and kind of disappointed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah we had the Age of Triumph during uh, that part of Rise of, uh, yeah, Rise yeah, of Iron. 
it was amazing. And that was like everything came back, all the raids and everything. We got those cool ornaments yeah, that we loved so much like from the raids. Destiny one, and then which it, it it was just like a reset button. That's what it felt like, at least. And then you're like, oh, you lose your sense, animal sense. You don't you have you don't have random rolls anymore. Oh, it's uh, it's four v four in yeah, the crucible. And I get why they did it. They, <laughs> uh, like they were only saying is that they probably had to like touch a lot of systems, but it just it it was like a, a kick in the nuts. I mean, I feel like we were all like lost some some breath from from that change. You know, one thing I've 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 always found interesting about that moment in time is the own I think the only reason they could do Age of Triumph is because they knew they were gonna kill the game after. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Mm. Like Age of Triumph effectively broke the game in like a hundred million different ways. Right? They were fun. But like where were they gonna go with the power curve after that? Everybody had the best stuff. That's a good point. Yeah. That was kind of the point. That's that's why they yeah, you're right. That's why they hit the reset button on us and figuratively in the game too. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> I think that was pretty much so. planned for them to have the Age of Triumph. And I think like towards the tail end of it, that's when they released, I think, all of the weapons and you were able to pretty much get everything. But after that, once fall hit, yeah. there was a new game. There's the whole new experience was but we Once we fall really hit, fell we hard. fell yeah. <laughs> very far. Well, that is an interesting thing because it speaks to a sort of like one of the central conflicts of making a game like this is the point of a game like this is friction. The only reason we cared about getting all those cool items is because they were hard to get before. And after we had them, we technically had nothing left to play for. Right. Um, and they knew that was going to happen, and I think they miscalculated how upset people would be when Destiny 2 would launch and we would have to reset, because from a designer point of view, going, hey, the friction is coming back, that's exciting. But what, was it just the reset, though? But I feel like it was more than that, because there were static rolls, there was no real RNG to exotics. I feel like they did more than just reset, right? Like, I feel like it was hit harder. Well, they reset, and they basically tried to get the power curve yeah. under control. Right, the, the, that's been the, the the core challenge of Destiny Two is how do we create ways of friction that don't anger people while still creating a healthy environment to play Destiny. So how do we make the game hard enough that not everybody has everything, but everybody that doesn't have everything enjoys trying to get a bit more? Like, I'll tell you a story. I don't know if I told this before. Um, but very early on in Destiny 2, you had the Telesto, right? I've always played Telesto. Since 2013, Telesto has been my only exotic weapon. Um, I don't know why. It reminded me of the, the Needler from Halo. I just love that gun. It, it's a meme at this point, yeah. right? That I never use anything else. And the Telesto got a catalyst back in the Spire of Stars raid. And the only way to get it was to do the heroic spire of stars. Now I don't know if you remember this, but the heroic system back then was they would basically yeah, tell you, you had what to loadout use specific to use. loadout for the week. I remember. That was awful. <laughs> Thank you for fixing that, Bungie. Thank God. Yeah, people hated that. They really did. <laughs> there was literally nothing good that came out of that. Um, but again, it's friction, right? Like they're creating friction. And the Telesto Catalyst could only drop from chests in the heroic version of Spire of Stars. Now, there were two chests that were easy to get. The first chest, which was at the end of a jumping puzzle. 
And then the second chest, which was a secret chest that you could get by jumping through a number of rings in this big cannon through space sequence. Um, um, that, that's not Those spire, were the only that's... two ways. Oh, that's yeah. the other one. Eater um, of Worlds. Eater of Worlds. Eater. It was yeah. Eater, yeah. Uh, those were the two chests that were easy to get, right? Um, and then after that, you had to go to the boss... And if the boss was shotguns, you were done. So I would play every week. I would find six people. We would play that. Um, we would get the first two chests. I played for almost 40 weeks before I got it, right? And somewhere halfway through that, I went and visited Bungie. And I asked somebody and, uh, on, on, the, on the team. I told them the story. And I'm like, you know, it's just broken. It's just broken. It's not fun. I'm not having fun. I just do this thing every week. Three of the people that I'm running it with get the catalyst i don't get it like i'm i'm not having fun this is bad design and the designer being a designer like keep in mind this is a designer right they're not um they're not on a community team they're it. not on a they're they're designers they look at me and they go like well but are you gonna get it and i'm like yeah they're like then it's working <laughs> i, I kind of feel that way about and i was like vault of glass because i'm at 200 clears i still don't have the vex and i don't know if i'll ever get it and i've given up but that's the thing you 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 still have hope right it doesn't it feels not great but the when you get it it's going to feel amazing you're going to be exhausted but it's also going to feel amazing there may be tears right? yes I, they straight played a jedi yeah. man trick <laughs> on you <laughs> right but like Mitking is is was explaining about like those day one clears sometimes the value of something is only in the struggle that you have to get there right when I got the Telesto Catalyst, I was sure I was not even going to be happy. I was so frustrated. I was so angry at the game. And then I got it. And I, I, I have the video. I scream <laughs> like a child. The best. Like, just <laughs> literally just like high-pitched, like, oh, my God, I got that kind of thing. Oh, you didn't start um, singing out La Lika CD? No? Yeah. That would have been the moment for it. really yeah. would have been um but that that's the thing right like friction is the whole point of the game the things we don't have is why we play destiny the things we haven't achieved is why we play destiny and we can all pretend that that's not how it works but like in the end that's how it works and for the people that have been that they run out of content and they switch to the social part of the game, which is sort of a supportive part of the game, or the PvP part of the game, which is an integral part of that Destiny loop, is to show off that you're better with the best items, right? So um, I think they have a really unique combination of things there, but the, the Age of Triumph, I always, from a player point of view, it was amazing. From a designer point of view, it was probably the weakest part of Destiny 1, because they were just like, yeah, have, have everything. It's fine. Uh, there was no saving that. Like, that had to be the end of it. Oh, it satisfied my small brain, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a small brain <laughs> thing. Like, I'm a game designer. These tricks literally work on me. I know what they're doing, and it works. Like, human psychology is fascinating. Yeah. You know, here, you know, here's the thing. Like, we we got those the static rolls in the beginning, and then during Curse of Osiris, remember the throttling, the light throttling. Remember when yep. we, that happened? People were very upset about that. And then, like, 
right after that when Warmind came out chris barrett was sending all these tweets out and they're like man yeah we're gonna fix this we're gonna fix the game we know you guys are upset we're going to we're going to fix it and they did they did yep. and it and it got better yep yeah they're experimenting they were trying to figure out what ways of friction feel good and throttling does not feel good no right it just doesn't but it was a fair attempt right they're just like okay what what if we slow down the the light the 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 sort of like light curve right and that that's something they're still doing they're still trying to figure out how do we slow the light curve and they've now reached a point where i think they're going to remove it entirely at some point um i'm curious on a slightly different topic we learned earlier last year that bungie joined the team at playstation and i'm curious what do you all think about bungie joining sony and uh, uh, I know that it, it was a pretty big announcement, pretty big change for them. Uh, Rami, what are your thoughts on on this um, acquisition? I'm gonna give it to the other Rami. Rami, it's fatal. All right, so Yo. I have kind of a strong opinion on this. I feel like for console players, it's gonna be great. I just feel like for PC players, it's not gonna be so great. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Vicarious Visions that was like really integral for optimizing the game with back when they were with Activision. Obviously that studio, I don't think I think it was absorbed now completely by by Blizzard or Activision, but I feel like given the current state of technical issues, I think the Sony acquisition while great for Bungie, maybe really good for console players, but I don't think it's going to be as great for PC players. Um, they probably got a lot of capital, and pro- I, if they did, I really, really hope they use that capital to expand, like maybe their infrastructure support team, or s- s- maybe expand on some sort of uh, I don't know QA Q- QC team. I-, I I don't know, but I feel like it's not going to be as great for me as a PC player. All yours, Rami. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, uh, you know, the, the I think I think uh, I think uh, milking sort of like hits hits the thing that is really important. They got a lot of capital, yeah, and the way the they're going to spend goes, that. I mean, I thought it was is cool obviously going to be first, critical. Like, like times the I would be shocked but, if they let know, the BC thing fall, but I do think like there week, might be some growing pains, especially as like new teams get onboarded to help with that. So I don't think that's a cool, unreasonable fear at all. That said, I do think that the acquisition on Sony's end was mostly because they just don't have a good life ops team within Sony. Like, it's just not a strength that they have over at PlayStation. Um, th- their strength is, like, big first-party single-player titles. That's what they're good at. That's what they've always been good at. And they're starting to realize, I think, that Microsoft is slowly but certainly building a strategy that could really hurt PlayStation, right? They're acquiring studios. They're... Um, they're capturing talent, they're getting studios that can do high-quality first-party content, but more specifically, they're very focused on their subscription strategy, which obviously overlaps with LifeOps. So I think it was more of a defensive acquisition than it was anything else. Uh, They need that expertise that Bungie has within the Sony platform and within the Sony infrastructure. Um, I I think part of the deal will probably have been that Destiny does not get touched too much 
or at all. Um, because I can't imagine Bungie just going back on the market in four years with like, well, we're independent again. You know, they kind of got in the way of our stuff, so <laughs> we bought ourselves that, out. You know, we're just, we're just, we're just good. We're good. Just kidding. We're, good. we're back on our own. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're Nintendo now, actually. That'll be the day. Uh, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> um, Speaking of which, it's Destiny's still not on a Nintendo Destiny platform. Destiny on Nintendo Switch. So when? Throw that out there. That's what I want to know. We may not be on Steam, <laughs> but we'll I, be on Switch soon. Or Steam Deck, excuse me. <laughs> I would. I would never recover from that. Like if that game comes out on Switch, I'm done. Like my life is over. I will play Destiny too. Like the only reason I'm not always playing Destiny is because my Steam Deck, which I had to I had to format my Steam Deck and install Windows on it to play Destiny on it, which is the only allowed way of playing Destiny on a Steam Deck. Um I literally did that and now it's just it's just slightly too big for my backpack, so I never take it. Which saved my life, genuinely. Like I, I would not be doing anything else ever. I may have to buy a, a Steam Deck now, just so I can play Destiny. Because I mean, the ability to do that is just—it's exciting. Not gonna lie. I'm I'm the kind of ridiculous person that last year when Witch Queen came out, I was at a games conference called Dice in Vegas. Oh yeah, I had I I travel with a portable projector when the witch queen came out i had my ps4 with me because i knew it was going to come out during the trip i called down to reception at the hotel and asked them for an extra bed sheet and i hung the bed sheet from oh the cabinet God. in that room and projected the witch queen at like <laughs> what, what probably a 120 plus what a, inches what a gamer just yeah. laid on my bed and played the opening mission of Witch Queen, and I was like, "This is good. This is good. This that opening mission is really good." Um, mm -hmm. and then I had to go back to work, so I <laughs> shut down my PlayStation and begrudgingly went downstairs to do my job and talk to video games people. <laughs> there were a bunch of us missing that night, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were call like, it out. Just people that were like, oh, you know, like, I'm just tired. I'm like, you're never tired. They're like, no, but I'm tired. And then the next morning, wow, the opening part of the witch queen is really good, right? I'm like, okay, that's where you went. <laughs> so I'm curious. You know, we have a whole new seasonal model. Well, new, quote unquote. I'm curious, what do you all think about the current seasonal model in Destiny 2 and Second part of the question, do you have a favorite season and why? I'm I'm done with it, I think. <laughs> like the, the thing is it was really good, right? But also the structure is too rigid to feel exciting. Like the biggest thing that happened this season was the moment where we got to go back to the Iron Temple. Because it was just it was completely unexpected. Came out of nowhere. Completely different thing, going to a completely different place. Um, but then beyond that, it has been the same thing. Talk to the vendor. The vendor sends you to the seasonal activity. Do the seasonal activity one to three times. After the seasonal activity, you go into the playlist activity, which is a separate thing. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do the playlist activity, resolve a story beat, go back to the vendor, use the upgrade thing that you got from the seasonal challenges to buy upgrades, do additional challenges to get the other upgrades, and then wait until the next week. Right. And that was really exciting at first, but I think it's now been eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tired of this equation. I, I agree with you. It's like an equation. It's like they they've, they have yeah is they've it, made it an equation. Do this, then this, then that, and you'll get this. I'm just not excited about the the problem is I'm very excited about the story. I'm just not excited about the game in between anymore, and that seems like a problem in a video game. Yeah, I'm with Mommy. Yeah, I I I agree with that too. Like I, the story is fascinating. The story is really engaging, but it's all that stuff you have to do to get through each story element. It's too repetitive, and you're right. They've been doing it for at least eight seasons now, so it's like I'm ready for I'm ready for a change, a little bit of a spice. Uh, yeah, I'm not in. a fan of this drip content. I mean, I, give me everything they want in the new season, and let me go about on my own pace. Keep the time gated things like maybe Grandmasters or Raid Challenge Weeks or Pinnacle Dungeons or any Pinnacle Raids. You know, keep those maybe time gated, but like, give me the story quests. Don't lock the seventy step or six step quest, whatever it is, and just let me do it all up front. If I get through it in a day, I'll get through it. If it takes me a month, it takes me a month. I'm honestly okay with like it being time gated personally. Like I don't mind that per se because if I miss a lot of the season, I can do it in a day, right? Like at at the end of the season. It's just that that it's the formula, like the uh, the way uh, Shadow said it. Uh, like they're right. Like it's the stuff in between. That is frustrating. It just happens to be that the stuff in between is literally play the video game. When the play the video game part gets in the way of your enjoyment of the game, 
that's not a that's that's not the way the video game should work so i hope that they keep some of it because i think some of it sort of like the episodal structure can work it just doesn't it has to feel like i have to be excited to boot up destiny and be like oh my god what's gonna happen how is it gonna happen right um right now i don't have how is it gonna happen i know i'm gonna go in i know i'm gonna talk to rasputin well not anymore we're done but I know I'm going to talk to the vendor and then they're going to tell me to do the thingy and then I'm going to do the thingy and that'll allow me to do this, this, the, the, the mission. And then I do the mission and then some story stuff happens. Like there, I'm not excited. I remember when I got into Seraph shield for the first time and I saw the space station, I saw all the locked doors. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be so exciting, right? We're going to go through the space station. We're going to find new paths through it. Paths are going to get locked off. And they did it in the opening area. I don't know if you noticed, but the opening area, actually, you had different places you yep. went to, right? Before you go up into space. That was exciting to me because that was, I feel like that was an experiment. And I hope they build on that experiment. These like interesting, changeable spaces that allow us to do different things that force us to do different styles of gameplay to progress through the story. I kind of hope that's what they're they're moving towards because... Right now, I'm just kind of tired of talking to the vendor. Rami, you, you brought up a really interesting point, and it's the pretty much the copy and paste template that they've been utilizing over the past, I don't know how many seasons now. And I, I do think that it does create a level of sameness that we have grown very much accustomed to, where it, it almost feels like, there aren't really surprises there. Like you're you're getting exactly what you're expecting and nothing else. And I don't know if that makes for a very fun game, right? Like between the repetitive battleground activities that we have to keep grinding, like to get your seasonal challenges completed, they expect you to do the battleground activity 30 times to unlock that final achievement. And I don't know if that creates a level of fun. Like I, I, I'm all for farming an activity to get better weapons and better roles, but I don't want to be forced to do that in order to just check off, you know, something that they want me to do as part of a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what is your favorite season? in destiny so far that we've had over the past eight seasons of the last eight Mm. so from like shadow keep forward or from beyond light forward would it would it would have to be beyond beyond light okay uh let me think what did we have again (laughs) forgettable huh Well, it's just there's been a lot. It's not. It's not. So okay. So uh, Beyond Light started with uh, was it Season of the Hunt? Uh, Season of the Hunt, then Season of the Chosen, and then the Chosen. Yes, Splicer. Splicer Chosen, Lost, Risen, Hunted. Hunted. Thunder Seraph. Okay, so those. So, I, I, my least favorite 
<laughs> no wait worthy was before that i didn't like worthy i really didn't like season of the worthy it had amazing stuff in it but i just i couldn't get into the loop of it yeah those towers <laughs> yeah they yeah just got, i did a very repetitive uh game yep. play loop um no i think i mean haunted has to be my favorite out of those like bungie takes all the guardians to exposure therapy was not on my bingo card but I guess that's what they did. They're just like, okay, let's talk about feelings for a season. <laughs> yeah. I just, I really love Bungie for like the weird stuff their seasons are about. Like we had a season on racism. Yeah. It's tough to, to really get into it. I just feel like there, there, there needs to be a lot of work done in, in the PVP sandbox for me to really get back into and enjoy Iron Banner as it currently is. Same thing for for competitive too. Like I just the game modes that, that that have been selected for competitive and for Iron Banner, it just blow my mind. I'm not I'm not a fan. Oh my god, I can um a second what you're saying on the competitive thing. Like it's like if I get rift when oh, I play, it's, I, I, it's a loss. It's <laughs> yeah, a loss. It's just like, it doesn't what? matter if I'm doing freelance. It's my team does not understand the concept, and they will not. They just get murdered when they go to try to grab the spark, and they just can't stop the runner. Like, I and I'm always, I, yeah. I just don't think it's a balanced. It's it's just not a balanced competitive mode. Like comp com competition, it should at least start on fair ground on equal ground and then there should be like skill to make up the difference you know but like ugh. yeah it's not happening with these two modes in my opinion we'll often forget about about these kind of things is like change is change is slow right um like when feedback comes in it's usually like three to six months before they can actually do something with it especially on that sort of structural level but they're very structural in their testing. Like they're testing Rift, they're just testing different Iron Banner things. They're redoing the vendor progression. They're, they're like the one thing they're having a hard time with. And we we talked about this before is that PVP sandbox. Like it's a completely different sandbox from the PVE sandbox, and they're having a hard time. Like I'll be honest, my main PVP thing is still like if Mayhem or Team Scorched comes around, I play Mayhem and Team Scorched. Well, those are the two best PVP modes right now. Because they're everyone's, ridiculous. everyone's on a fair ground. No, everyone's on a fair ground. But also, they're ridiculous. So I, <laughs> I just, I just kind of love that. Like mayhem is the best thing. A, it's really good for bounties or like quests or anything related to PvP because it's good. Like you can even get, you can get ammo in that mode. That's great. Um, and then it's also just very pretty. You know, you just walk into a hallway and there's just like four supers popping off at the same time. Yeah, that's that's I like that. Um, so yeah, my PvP my PvP playing is very minimal. I play some control every now and then. I do banner occasionally. I don't finish banner pretty much ever. Uh, I play trials, like to get my seal, and that's pretty much it. Like I'm just not a big PvP player. I, I almost play Gambit more than PvP, which says something. That is unbelievable. Right. I kind of like Gambit. I wish I wish they could figure out what to do with it, because the mode itself is so cool. It's just... It's so still. Yeah, we need more maps. We need, we need, 
more updates to more things. Yeah. yeah. I hope they don't kill it. I really like the idea of, of Gambit, like this PV, PV, EVP, PV, EVP, VP. I don't know. <laughs> what, what'd you call me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Just the idea is so cool. Like when it was introduced, it was so cool. It's just kind of not cool right now because it's the same thing as four years ago with like minimal changes. <laughs> I, I kind of like the period of time where they were doing like gambit specific armor with the reckoning and all that stuff. I hope they do something like that with mods. Now we get the loadout system where people can like mod themselves towards specific gambit roles because I actually really like the gambit roles. Like, I had a good time with that. I just didn't enjoy that I had to put other armor on and then like just basically lost the entire point of building my own guardian. Yeah, it's definitely tough when you sort of have to like remove everything. But yeah, yeah maybe, I, maybe gambit mods. Uh, yeah, I think gambit mods would help, but like I think the mode just needs a refresh. I, I will say I, li- I like the firebase, uh, firebase mode matchmaking where it's like if you're solo queue, you're gonna get most likely stacked with solo queues, and if you're like in a fire team, you're gonna most likely get uh, stacked up against a fire team. That's a nice change. I think, that, I think that's a helpful change. Hopefully, they can like implement across all the PvP, PvP modes. Yeah, there's a return if you have been playing, you should start playing it because there's a lot of patterns that you need from it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to finally get my forerunner, yeah. so I've been I've been playing. <laughs> Playing a little uh, bit more uh, of the dares. Another uh, hot topic patterns. I, I hear you, Rami. I hear you. Right. I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about it yet. Uh, I still don't completely understand the crafting like system yet. Oh, uh, I understand it. My, my problem with it is I think there are too many new patterns each season. Like if they made it so that it's one to three new patterns per season as opposed to seven to nine then i think i may like it more but the it's tough it's tough because forget like the materials that it cost and you know the fact that it sort of just gives you a what i would consider like a god tier weapon uh if you obviously put some time into it but it, it's it, it just gives it you're you're gifted something so it's like i'm not gonna complain about a gift but at the same time there's just it, it's it's a lot of work and a, and there's a, a high cost to really get value out of it but you can you're gonna do it anyway it's like i mean i understand why it's expensive like you said when you when you complete a pattern you effectively have a god roll of that weapon forever like even if the meta changes you can just adjust the meta on that weapon without ever having to farm for it or, or roll it again like it effectively removes the weapon from your from your targets like you will never have to get that weapon again yeah. um that's oh, wild uh, go ahead sorry no no I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts so how do you get the patterns like for each of the weapons so, like i still don't understand how to 
so each of them drop in locations where that weapon can drop um and then occasionally you will get a red bar version of that weapon some mm -hmm. of those red bars will just give you progression towards uh materials um some of them you can extract a pattern from so when you use that red bar weapon um it fills up a bar and when that bar is filled up it allows you to extract one pattern progression are you actually Whenever... filling the, the bar yeah really to to get the bar full to get the 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 pattern progress yeah. I you usually you, do I it. just you just dismantle it you get to give you the progress but that's the other thing you can do he's right you can dismantle Robbie, tell it me you, tell and... me you knew about that Rami. i had no idea yeah you don't have to I, you just dismantle it because i've noticed that too when i dismantle something does it oh pattern pattern collected or something yeah, that was a quality of life change maybe four up four version four updates ago well, i mean the the good news about that is i literally just go to shoot a chief for like 20 minutes and you know <laughs> fill the pattern so it's not that bad <laughs> you, you, you feel good afterwards yeah exactly I, I mean i will say that is the kind of quality of life change though that makes me believe that they because they've made they've been making a lot of changes right they've unlocked mods they they've done they've apparently done this thing with the patterns um those are changes you make when the system disappears right like with age of triumph you can't undo that so i mean now it's even it's even crazier now because of the whole uh vendor change i mean you can just every day at reset you have an opportunity to buy a red border from each vendor right so some of these systems are permanently changing at lightfall yeah. because otherwise what they they're just giving away god roll weapons everywhere like that's a great point so the, whatever they're doing i think this is a large part of what they're doing is is they're with lightfall it sounds like they're touching progression vectors that's the main thing they they seem to be looking at so i think the power curve is one of the things that they're playing with that's why we're seeing all this this difficulty capped content which i'm honestly loving right you just go into the thing it's plus 15. yeah or like plus five above or whatever right it's great how, it feels great how about the delta of some of those battlegrounds though right. me and cornell can attest to it like sometimes the enemies are just nuts like in the in the in just in the playlist in the normal playlist of the battlegrounds, oh, you right? Mean like the Mars battleground, well, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what Rami's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what Rami's talking about. He's talking about the uh, the new like power adjustments where you are like permanently plus five below the enemy or plus fifteen below, like the grandmaster change, which is what he's also what Rami's also yeah, referring you, to. You got raid boss style enemies like in there just destroying right. you over and over again sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, that change. I think that's a good change. Yeah. I, I think so too. But it also plays like again that that is an experiment you do when you're not sure you want to keep the power curve at all. Yeah. I don't think they want to keep power. I think they'll leave it because people like numbers, but I don't think it'll affect difficulty all that much in the future. Which is interesting. Like, you take an MMO and you remove leveling. Yeah, what does it become? Yeah, well, and I think Destiny is all about sort of like the, the grind towards weapons and the grind towards items and armor. Uh, I think that's, that's at the heart, that's what Destiny about is get the right thing and make it the right way. 
So they're opening up the sandbox. They're focusing more on elements, which gives us fewer archetypes to work with, which gives us more interesting synergy and more interesting combinations, more interesting permutations. They can go a little crazier on things because the the idea that the game could break is less relevant when you control the power curve. The the when when you can just go like, oh wow, this really broke the meta. I guess this is now plus twenty, <laughs> right? And now it's fixed. It's balanced out again, right? Um, so I, I have a feeling that that's kind of what they're working towards is, okay, let's let's get rid of these numbers. This is not the thing anymore. The artifacts basically made it useless anyway. The only way we'll use those is in PvP for specific events. And then we'll go from there. Or you think, think they're going to get rid of leveling and like eventually? I, I think so. Yeah, I think wow. that I think that's why we're watching these changes happen right now. Yeah, I'd put I, my money on leveling going away for sure based on what they're doing. I mean, I think everyone's tired of the pinnacle uh grind. So I think this kind of solves for that. Yeah, because yeah. they've always talked about like doing some tweaks to it and things like that. And you know, it's it's unfortunate that they've never really been able to get it to the point where everybody's been happy with it and everything, but you know. Stuck I mean, in the balance. It's, have, have, did you notice that? They always piss off the next group of people with the change. And I think <laughs> yeah. it's intentional. They, they, do one, <laughs> they do one change for the levelers. They do one change for the completionists. They do one change for the people that just want to casually play. And so they're always pissing off the next group, so they're never pissing off the same <laughs> well, group th twice. There is one group they always piss off, though. Which ones? The, the PvPers. Yeah, the PvPers. Oh my god, they're yeah, constantly that, pissing off the <laughs> PvP players. Yeah, I feel like if you're a PvE player, you you you've been getting frustrated for a few seasons now. Yeah, yeah, true. It's so yeah. weird because PvP is technically a supporting activity in Destiny. I think like the point oh, is get totally. cool stuff and then use the cool stuff to show off that you're good. But oh, I love my Cloud Strike and PvP. I, I, I think yeah, the game. Cool. I think the game dies if it doesn't have PvP. I think so. I think it's part of that loop. I mean, I, I yeah. barely play PvP, but like I, I recognize that it's really important to to sort of mess around with. I think splitting the sandbox was necessary, but also might also have complicated their ability to actually do things in PvP. Like, it's, a good it's point. hard. Now they have a completely separate sandbox to balance, and that's... Yeah, adds more work to their daily... Yeah. I mean, how many developers are in, are in the studio anyway? I don't know. They've been growing so rapidly. Like, it's bonkers. They fit in an office before. I think they've been growing by, like, a, an additional building or maybe a building and a half by now. Like, Yeah, I'd be curious to know if they've, they've like, gone over, like, 300 devs. I mean, are they, are, they, are they at the point of a half Blizzard? Like, I think Blizzard, what, Blizzard has 800 staff on, for, for that? To run WoW, something like WoW? I wonder what... Bungie's got right now. Me too. But I also I think, think seven that... plus at least eight hundred. I would say. So here's a here's a fun th fun fact. Um, I actually have access to a LinkedIn sales navigator, so I'm looking at the information mm -hmm. for Bungie, and and it looks like they have a total of fifteen hundred and thirty employers, according hey. to LinkedIn. That's you that's said fifteen hundred and thirty employees. 1530, yeah. Wow. Let's see. The well, not all developers, right? 
the uh, well the new, the nice thing is obviously Sony just acquired them so that information will be public uh, yeah, 2022 they were 826 uh so they might have grown really rapidly since then um not sure how much but um, yeah, I wonder how 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 teams have developed or been onboarded that'd be interesting they've also increased the like surface area of like the studios and things mm-hmm. like that too Sure, sure, sure. Because they're building that one internationally too. I think the headquarters or something. Uh, Publishing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they also want to be doing different games, right? I think they've been pretty open about that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The new extraction game that's rumored. uh... I'm, I'm always so sorry with this stuff. I just always pretend I don't know anything because it's the you know, I'm, i never know what is and isn't public information so just if if i if things sound like a question when they've obviously been announced it's just because i don't know what i can talk about no um but um yeah short version is that clearly they they have the intent to be working on on different stuff too um i think that's exciting i think it'll also bring different type of talent to the studio and that might bring fresh air into Destiny as well every now and then. Like, I think they're doing a great job with the game. Like, the, 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 way, the way you get taught to work with life service and with balancing is if everybody's equally pissed off, you're doing a good job. Right? Yeah, if fair. any one group is more pissed off, you need, to, you need to fix that. But, like... If your hunters, your titans, and warlocks are not all equally complaining that the other group is OP, then something is OP. But as long as everybody's complaining that they're the worst, and everybody else gets it better, then we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's the reality. Nobody's going to go like, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good. We're fine. <laughs> you know what? We're okay. Mm-mm. Don't, don't touch we're anything good. here. Don't, thanks. Don't yeah. touch your stuff. We're, we're happy. Like nobody's going to do that. Everybody's going to be like, well, but their jump is better. Um, mm-hmm. So as, as long as everybody's complaining equally, we're good. If and all you have to do people, is look on the Twitter threads just to see all the people right after complaining. Oh, man, <laughs> there's too much destiny drama on Twitter. I try and stay oh, away yeah. from all of it. Yeah, like every day, there's like a whole new thing. There's (laughs) hunters always complain more. Somebody's saying in uh, in chat, and I I love that. My, (laughs) I think the biggest time I've I've angered people in Destiny was probably the time when I I basically said like, yeah, no, every every character class has its purpose, right? Like titans are the wall, warlocks are the mages, and hunters wear capes. And for some reason, a lot of hunters were really upset at me. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, I'm curious. Um, We have a question from one of our Destiny community members on Twitter. And um, the question is, what is your wildest prediction for the Destiny 2 Lightfall story? this prediction like something we want to see or something we think is going to happen let's do either or what, what, what do you think would be the craziest thing to potentially happen in lightfall see the inside of the traveler oh like that oh i'd like that a lot um yeah that would be insane 
Okay, so two two options. One, we lose the city. I think it's a fairly it's a fairly present possibility. Um because we have the story thread with Xivaroth, right? Where effectively any act of war empowers her to open a portal above Earth. Yep. We cannot start a war on Neptune with a giant army of Kalises unless either Xivaroth gets absolutely obliterated by something Rasputin does, which I'm not sure Rasputin can come up with something like that. Um, and then the only viable outcome is we have to we we lose again, right? Uh, Xifra Roth like besieges Earth. That's one option. Uh, that would also force us to flee and fight on the Amuna, right? That's one option. Um, the second option is I think has to be either Anna Bray or Rasputin bites it, like they they die right hmm. um my money would be on rasputin in that case because anna bray dying for how cool she is would not cause any notable changes to our situation except for rasputin potentially being like enraged but i don't think that fits rasputin's arc i think it does i think because you know in the story this season Anna Bray learns about Rasputin and kind of befriends him. I could see a, a, a story right. arc where she dies, he gets upset. Yeah, but then that upset would lead to the same thing, which is Rasputin would have to either fire the war mines, which uh, the war sats, which that's a problem because then Sivar Roth wins, uh, or he needs to be convinced to not fire the war sats, in which case Anna Bray's. That means very little to the overall progression of the story, and I don't think they would kill off a character like that. Losing Rasputin in some sort of grand sacrifice, I think that would be a really beautiful ending to the story of Rasputin, right? Finds his humanity and decides he needs to sacrifice himself to protect Anna and humanity. I could see it end there. Um, and that will be a way to not get the Xivoroth ending, because we, we really have no way out. Like, Marisov hasn't come with an option, who is normally the person who gets us out. I don't think the nine are going to be useful here. Like, lore-wise, oh, lore our, our options are Xiva or Roth gets her war, which means we lose Earth, or something wild happens that stops Xiva or Roth from happening, and that would either be some new completely unpredictable neo neo muna like superpowers um or we end up on neo muna because we're losing earth it would make a very halo-esque story threat so what about a a witness angle like a witness enemy of my enemy witness against uh zivu arath I potentially mean, there's a lot of big players right now yeah you're right the witness mm -hmm. zivu arath um callus you know it's like big huge giant story like threads yeah. are like so, happening in like Savathun i wonder if, not off the board yet yeah it's a good point yeah. I, I was gonna say i wonder what happened to Savathun because we don't really know we see your ghost go away at the end of witch queen and and also uh 
how does how does strand play a role in the story like are we are we using strand because it's something that the witness has shown us are we using strand because something maybe a someone in the vanguard has learned yeah like i just, i wonder what role strand will play in the lore i mean osiris mentioned it as the traitor in that true strength can also be found in grief which again makes me oh, think maybe that maybe dies. maybe we're losing things and again it could be anna it could be rasputin it could be the city at large um there's a lot of options but i'm I'm getting the feeling that we're not going to get out of this year without a big loss. And I've been worried for Zavala for a while, but we've seen him in a trailer, I think. Um, I think that if we're going to face a big loss, it's going to come at the end of this season. I kind of feel like Bungie has a card left to play uh, because where we are now is not, this is not the situation we go into Lightfall with, right? Like, Every expansion so far has had sort of like a moment to end on. I'm curious where we yeah, end. Yeah, I wonder. On. I wonder where how we end the season now. Don't think it's going to be good for us. Yeah, somebody's going to lose their light. I mean, it's in in the name, you know. <laughs> or everything, like the fall <laughs> of the light being the 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 capture of Earth. Um. We know the witness interfaces with the traveler at some point. That does not necessarily mean that they're fighting. It could also mean that the traveler is captured. Like we just we just don't know. And the traveler becomes evil. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's been my favorite development though, is that very clearly they're not talking about good or evil anymore. Right? The witness is sort of like this this force that sits above the whole playfield, and then there's light and dark chaos entropy uh, order chaos uh, life death uh, growth um um you know like all these these big words that aren't necessarily good or evil and obviously our guardians are leaning into that like darkness is not necessarily a power of evil um strand is obviously leaning into that not a power of evil I'm guessing we're going to get a third before this whole destiny thing is done. Um, I, you know, they're really positioning the witness as sort of like the, the ultimate, the ultimate enemy that sits above all of this as almost like a multiversal enemy. Interesting. Right. Because the witness has the power to move things between realities. That's a completely new concept in destiny. Right, like the Vex can move between realities, the ghosts can move things between realities, but the Couldn't witness also just... else Elsie Bray move through realities. Oh, Elsie does it yes. too. So... Yes, she does. We're now like really starting to lean, but I think Elsie can only move herself between realities, right? And not really at choice. Um, we're kind of at choice, I guess. Uh, but the witness can just move entire like planets, right? Yeah. So. We're we're really leaning towards this multiversal thing, which is complicated because obviously the gardener and the winnower have probably played millions of our universe. So, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of versions. Um, but I don't know where the witness fits in, and it could very well be that the witness just wants to get out of this game. They they talk very fourth wall breaking, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, like they're aware that this is a game, um, not necessarily a video game, but that it is a game between the gardener and the winnower. And I'm really curious to see how that plays out. But yeah, uh, my, my, my crazy theory is we, we lose the city. Wow. I didn't even consider that. That's why I think it would be that great. That would be pretty, pretty crazy. Imagine if somehow they were able to resurrect Cade. I mean, I know it's never going to happen, right? That would be pretty yeah. intense. Do you think they can get Nathan Fillion back? I was just going to say, I mean, if they can get him back, do it. Do it. Find a story yeah, arc and they, bring they him back. They have the money to do it now, right? Now that, you know, they have... You think, it was, you think it was a money thing? Sony? Yeah, I don't think it was a money thing. I think we'll bought two back while we're at it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it was a money thing either. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're no. right. No, 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 this such a good voice match with Fillion. I like, it really took me a while before I noticed that it wasn't Nathan Fillion in uh, Forsaken. Yeah, so, he did a good job with that. Right? Yeah, then, yeah. So we have another really interesting question from a Destiny community member from Twitter. And the question is, what is your proudest moment in Destiny 1 and Destiny 2? Well, I think we know Rami's Destiny 2 crowning moment, the Telesto Catalyst, naturally. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we know my proudest moment wrapping up Deep Stone with 20 minutes left. Uh, I, I don't know if outside of, you know, hitting 30 in year one, Destiny, maybe Gallahorn? Hmm. <laughs> this is definitely not my proudest moment. I got my first Galahorn the day it won back on Tuxur. Oh, well, the first time or the second time? The second time. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got it a week after the first time we sold it. I got it as a drop. Uh, no, I tried for that forever, and then I finally got it, and I celebrated. And then that that same day, it was a it was a <laughs> vendor printer, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, video game." Um. No, I mean there, there, there's a bunch of things that I'm really proud of, but they're they're not necessarily in the game. Obviously, one of the biggest stories for me connected to Destiny One is that my my uh, f my ex-wife proposed to me in Destiny, um, and that was obviously wild. Like that was a, a you know there there was a custom emote, there was a, a ring, there was a um, there was a letter. I almost dismantled the letter. I thought it was a dis. You know, I didn't think it was important uh, until I saw my name on it. That was wild. Holy moly. Right? Um, she also had, like, a custom emote made where she kneeled and, like, presented a ring. And it, it was just very cute. It was, uh, you know, Bungie put a lot of work um, into that. And um, I, I really appreciated it. It's nothing I did. It was funny, though, because <laughs> this was during Age of Triumph. And uh, the ring said, "As long as for as long as we have the light," which was very cute. Uh, we got engaged in the tower, and obviously the first trader of Destiny Two comes out, <laughs> and the tower gets obliterated, and we lose the light. And I'm like, Bungie, 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 you must oh, have no. known. You must oh, have known no. that this was coming. 
Oh no. Uh but yeah, no, it was really cute, but it was really funny. Um I guess it was foreshadowing for the rest of the marriage, but sorry um, man, that's that's so tough. It's it's okay. Like it it was it was a very um it was an amicable divorce at the time, so that was that was fine. Um and then Destiny 2. Um let's see. I mean I think, you know, the beautiful thing about Destiny, I think very few people's proudest moment in Destiny are actually Destiny. They're always the context, like, you know, with with uh, Mitking, like the, the, the time pressure and then getting it 20 minutes before with like a team. Uh, it's always like getting a first clear on something. It's like playing a certain thing with friends. It, it almost always feels like a social thing. Oh, totally. I, that's the beauty of that game and like for me honestly like a lot of times destiny is just like discord but being able to punch enemies while <laughs> doing it i just sit and talk with people like it's great yeah you'd be you'd be surprised if you sat down and, and really took a step back to see what goes on when you play you're just, you're just hanging out you're hanging out with, with your friends and you're just like going through you know sort of life or talking about life or even maybe talking about builds i mean yeah. what, what builds what builds you running rami what do you what are you running here these days uh i i like i said like i'm a very stubborn player so i'm uh, a sentinel titan um i don't have any very specific build my build is fairly like spread out because i sherpa a lot of people or i guide a lot of people through lots of different content i don't really need a very specific build besides being able to just keep things dead so um you know I'm, i run void and like all my weapons are void i run a telesto and i have most of the time i, I run a commemoration um which you know <coughs> just allows me to blow up lots of stuff lots of beautiful purple explosions and then my uh, exotic <laughs> armor is a, a heart of inmost light I mean, um, that's like the hottest exotic I mean, piece. Wow. I literally have not had that off. Like, that's been my exotic piece forever. Before that, I was... Uh, oh, you, you did it when it wasn't cool? Yeah, I did it always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the previous exotic armor I was wearing was the uh, Helm of Saint-14. Um, which that I sounds ran. like a Voidy helmet. I mean, I've I've always been a Void Titan. Like the yeah. the Ursa Furios in the game were actually created based on a a, a remark I made, um, uh, which was one of the the more interesting Sentinel options we had uh, for a long time because there was just nothing for that specific subclass. And I played that subclass, and I was like, there needs to be something that allows me to stand in front of my friends with a shield. And they made that. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I think it's literally named after my old game studio, like Angry Bear. You know. That, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, I know it was made based on a piece of feedback I gave, so it makes sense that it might have been... So are you the guy new. we should give all our suggestions to? Uh, no, 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 no. Please no. don't. Um, <laughs> I, think the, I think the exotic team is also just kind of done with my shit because I never switch out of my stuff anyway. <laughs> Oh, like, that's funny too. They could add so many weapons <laughs> to the game, like amazing exotics that do like the most interesting stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not. It's it. I I can't carry that and my Telesto. That's so, awesome. 
I'm just I'm just gonna keep running Telesto if y'all don't mind. I don't blame you. Telesto the best though, right? That's what they it's, say. I, it's literally just that it reminds me of the needler. I don't know what else to tell you. That's just I just uh, like how it shoots. Also, really funny in Iron Banner. <laughs> yeah. Because, try that. Oh, so if you're ever playing Iron Banner and you have a Telesto on you, my pro tip. Stand on any control point that you have. If it's, you know, traditional Iron Banner, the control Iron Banner. Stand on any point that you're controlling. Wait for enemies to get close. Aim at the flame and just unload Telesto. And then just run away. And then what's just the wait. Most, what's the most amount of kills you got doing that, though? Uh, I once got a triple kill. Nice. Uh, because people will just run to the flames and they can't see the Telesto bolts in it. That's <laughs> free picks. Yeah. Uh, boom, they're dead. Very amusing. So now um, I'm curious. We mentioned something really interesting, and, and that was Iron Banner. And I feel like Iron Banner went through some pretty substantial changes from what we had in the past. And I'm curious, what do you all think about the current state of Iron Banner? The idea is fun, right? It's that kind of thing where when somebody would have told you that idea a year ago, you'd go like, that sounds awesome. So there, there are some good, there are some really good, but the actual mode itself currently, eh, eh I'll pass on it now. Well, I feel like that would be like the moment to say, hey, let's put this in the Iron Banner lab. Let's do this. Like they have labs, right? Like why couldn't this, this be a lab? Why, why is the... the the general mode being a lab. I feel like we already have good modes anyway. Like just make make it a team deathmatch or clash base with that. That's puts everybody on even ground. You know, it's it's you know it's just like trials elimination. Just we there's there's good modes. I just feel like maybe we should it would, when launching a new type of activity or a new type of um like thing like competitive. Just make it with a established mode as opposed to something that has we haven't really seen. You know, I, I think the biggest problem is that labs, the problem with labs is that it also kind of defeats its own purpose. Like, the only people that play labs are people that really care. And then you don't get good feedback because it's only the people that really care. Right. Right. So I think I think this was, like, the, the problem with the, the sentry mode is really that it sounds really cool. and. If you do a number of playtests, I think it's generally fun. But like you said, if you have to keep playing it over and over, it and especially because Iron Banner is so con like it's so concentrated. Yeah, I think you're right. It just loses it just it just loses like shininess really quickly. Now these are all really great points and I, I think i'm part of a minority group because i i've been really enjoying iron banner this season just from a gameplay perspective there are some mm. things that i personally don't like about it as an example the way that your challenges are set up i, I don't like having to go to the crucible director mm. to find your challenges mm. i just don't think that's a very well designed thing from a ux perspective um, the other thing that I really wish they had was a little bit more story. You know, like, I, I think they have opportunities to add a little bit more 
and make it a little bit more than just you know what i agree with that i think they could put playing, a little narrative like, tell a story from season to season that's related to iron banner or the iron lords and i, I think that would be pretty cool like in the last <laughs> nine years or something <laughs> yeah, what's he doing in the EDZ? He's, he's sitting in that window. He's still in that window. Yeah, he's watching that, over us. Yeah, that sniper or whatever he has. Remember when all his friends died as the planets were whisked away from reality? <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm still here, guys. I'm here. I'm chilling. Gosh, need some more tea then. Um, but like, there's so many interesting characters. Like, I think Devrim would be a great character to sort of like catch up with. But, like, how are you going to fit the dude that sits in a church in, like, Switzerland to fit the story of the witness is coming to evaporate reality? Like, it's... Well, you didn't know that him and the witness were, were boys? And, like, you, you didn't know? They're old friends. Like, the witness... They're old friends, the man. The witness just wants we, to be... witness gets access because Devrim turns right. on us, man. Oh, oh yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, that, that'll be it. Yeah, that that's kind of the like. I think there's so many interesting. If you think back to like early, like, isn't it crazy that Ada ended up being our like dressing person? Like, yeah, yeah. They had to put her somewhere, but like, what? what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was very poor. She it could have been done by a kiosk. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, but but Eva Levant there. We already had somebody. Like, I know just, you. You took somebody that was giving us these like new age weapons with the black armory and everything, and now she's a seamstress for us. <laughs> she's now she's like, you know what's cool? Transmog synths. That's it. Synth weaves. That's mm -mm. cool. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Um, yeah, yeah. no. It, but can I interest you in a bounty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you only get ten. You only yeah. get 10, so take them slowly, mm -hmm. okay? But, like, oh, there's so many interesting Seems characters. Wise. Like, also, you know, remember when the planets got whisked away and how badass of an ending that was for so many characters at once? Oh, when the darkness enveloped all of, like, four that planets? That was cool. Yeah, we lost right Russia, Mir, we lost Beyond uh, Light happened, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. that, was the, that was good stuff, and I think that they're playing at that again. I think we're gonna kick life all off with something like that. They have to. Like a live event. Gonna... Like that's good. Yeah, they they have to. That's do something gonna happen crazy. in the game, I... like it did that time when it just I... the traveler got so big and everything. And then remember that that was nuts. That was that was a that pretty was cool thing. That was pretty stuff. cool. Remember yeah. when we were all angry at like the Almighty event, and then like yeah. it turned out they were just learning to pull off the the traveler event yeah they got everybody that, that, to go the, the, to the last city everybody yeah. to go into the last city and then just sit there for like an hour with the traveler as yep. it was Dude, both, to do its thing. both events were so bad for me because i missed out on bo both i was uh, sitting in tower and just the game just you know contacting servers, uh, contacting servers yeah. and i just i missed out on both i have to watch a youtube hey, the right same, you know what the same thing happened to me too i forgot my games crashed it literally crashed right before like you know the uh traveler took you know saved us from utter destruction <laughs> no i i was at i was at both but the um i just remember when Aeris started speaking i just got goosebumps that was good stuff like sorry you missed it but also that it's was okay good stuff. You, youtube caught me up yeah um but yeah no we need we need we need to get punched in the face y'all 
Like I- I'm kind of with you. I don't. I, I want to see like th- something happen big to like Earth or like the entire verse, and all all that's left is Neomuna because they've been hidden for us for so long, and they, maybe they were hidden for the witness, and that's and they're all that's left. Right. It just. I feel like Siva Roth is aligned with the witness too much for her to be like a question mark. So either Raspoon figures it out, but if Raspoon figures it out, it has to be a sacrifice. Otherwise, it's such a cop out to have this season end in anything else. The entire point of this season is Rasputin is finding his humanity, realizing the value of humanity, realizing the value of Anna Bray, and realizing that his normal approach of just shoot the thing doesn't work. So if the end conclusion of the season is Rasputin goes, let's just shoot the thing, and somehow that works? I don't feel... Yeah, that would be... They're not, yeah, that would be easy way they're, out. They're not amateurs. Bungie knows how to tell a story. Like... It has to be. Yeah. Also, in the trailer, we see a warlock grab onto a ship as it's going into like a a black hole or some sort of like wormhole. I wonder what 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 that is too. Yeah. No, I I feel they need to throw us off balance. Like we. Yeah, they need to do something big. We need our like. What the red war did, we need that. But again, and then instead of like the tutorial for the campaign we need it like structurally we we need to lose yeah. we need to properly lose not like goal lose where it's like three missions later we're back in action we need to like lose lose i mean like i said it's all in the name lightfall yeah yeah maybe we we, we don't have any more access to light powers and we're only using darkness you know, stasis and strain for the majority of the campaign could be that could be mm-hmm. cool but like you that's why where my prediction comes from. It just it doesn't make narrative sense to just go like, okay, so yeah, we kind of figured it out. You know, this whole Xiva Roth thing. Yeah, we got we got we got it. We got it. We're good. Anyway, Neomuna? Yeah, let's go there. Like it just <laughs> Yeah. It, 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 Who? Yeah. Where where they, where was this planet? Yeah. 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 Raspoon just goes like, Oh, by the way, so yeah, I stopped Xiva Raj. You know what you should do? You should go to Neptune. <laughs> you go to Neptune. I just yeah. decoded I decoded the thing. Now that Xiva Roth's not really a it's not really a thing anymore because I fixed it. Maybe go check that out. Like you just you know, Callus. <laughs> it also is weird because Callus the the way the 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 way it looks, it doesn't look like Callus' ship wants to be there. It looks like, it looks like the Almighty, doesn't it? It does, but also yeah, it, really, it does. It feels like it doesn't want to be there. Like it. It doesn't really make like what does Kalos want from Neomuna that is so like critical? What if this is effectively Neomuna designing to get involved the other way around as well? Like they know they're about to be revealed and they just they just end up getting involved for another reason. I'm curious. Like th- there's a lot that can happen here, but like Kalos' ship looks like it's grounded more than attacking. So I'm not sure what's up yeah. there. Very excited though. Very interesting yeah, points. Very interested. Yeah. For sure. We're all we're all vested now. <laughs> I'm ready. And if you haven't purchased your copy of Lightfall, well, what are you doing with your life? Because your opportunity to pick up Lightfall is now to get some pretty pre-order bonuses, Quicksilver uh, ornament, and uh, I think you get the weapon early too, right? Mm-hmm. You can get the yes. weapon. Yeah. Weapon emote emblem you get the works you get an early start and you can pick up your copy from green man gaming and save 15 percent off so make sure to go do that 
I, that, that was so smooth. I'm sorry. I run a podcast. That was very smooth. Well done. I'm working on it. <laughs> Man, when, when an Egyptian tells you well done, take it. I, I appreciate that. Take it, dude. We're, we're very good at moving. The Egyptians have a special power for moving anything to a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that was smooth. Uh, and listen, if you all can't, yeah. if you all are looking to get a free copy potentially of Destiny 2 Lightfall, well, you know, I'm going to tell you a little secret this Monday. We're going to be doing our second giveaway, and you have the opportunity. All you have to do is go and follow us at the Destiny Show, and then there's like a post that we're going to be putting up. So keep an eye out for that because that's a pretty cool opportunity, and we have multiple giveaways that we're going to be doing throughout the month. So if you don't win the first time, don't lose hope, don't despair. Opportunities are coming. And now beyond... Uh, Lightfall. I'm I'm curious. What is next for you all in your journey as creators, as developers, as guardians? Before I can, I just one thing, one prediction that I I know is not true, but I want it to be true. I want the last battle of Lightfall. No, not the last battle of Lightfall. I want the last battle of the final shape. I want it to not be against the witness. I want it to be about something against something completely preposterous that we've never heard of, but it's called the architects. Oh yeah, because I just <laughs> yeah. really want. I need. I need to have a conversation <laughs> with them. Yeah. I want to get revenge. That's my main thing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of <laughs> yeah. the shit they put me. You know what's funny though? In Halo, it was always killed by the guardians. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. Killed by the guardians, yep. and we're guardians. And now yep. it's we're killed by the architects. Yep. So I yeah. just I just want to put a finisher on the architects. That's all. Like, just <laughs> give me give me that, Bungie, please. <laughs> um, Seriously. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, you know, in in my life, I, <laughs> I would enjoy that. Even if it's just a secret boss fight or something. Just let me let me punch the guard. Let me punch the the architects. No, I mean, in my life, there's there's not like many super big things happening at the moment. I'm having a good time helping people, like I said, around the world. I'm having fun flying airplanes. I'm counting down to Lightfall. I will once again be in Vegas when that goes live. Um, so I'm 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 ready to ask for the for the bed sheets. You know, I need that cabinet. I know how to do it. Put the trash can on the left end of the cabinet. Put the put the chair on the right end. <laughs> I know how to do it. I'm ready. I'm fully prepared. I'm just not. I'm not bringing that PlayStation Five, PS4. You could carry that PS5. I'm gonna get arrested. Like that's not a reasonable device. So, <laughs> laptop it is. Nice. Where, where would that even fit? PlayStation, PlayStation Five. Is... You just attach Ooh. it to the outside of the wing of the airplane. Huh? Like it's it's wing shaped. It's fine. <laughs> Aerodynamic. Aerodynamic. Yeah, that's the shape. Yeah. Love it. Um, I think yeah. Next next few weeks, I'm probably gonna be doing a lot of life all prep, day one prep. You know, I took time off from work just for this. Um, it's gonna be big. Uh, personally, next few months, probably dive deeper into like creating a Sherpa program with our clan. Maybe get some Sherpa tests going and like rubrics to get people to get into the raid faster. And then over the next year, probably you know get involved more. You know. 
short content content form things, you know, like the, the way TikTok and YouTube shorts are going and also trying to get in some more uh, podcast space or even just um, work with other creators. I love how everybody's focusing on shorts, but like our podcasts are getting longer and longer. So we're just going <laughs> in the completely opposite direction here. You know how many shorts you can make out of these two hours? Oh my God. I was we, just going to say that. We can probably yeah. start a whole network. Right. <laughs> just cut it up like evenly. Uh, so many ideas. So little time, unfortunately. So Shadow Price, what about you? What's, what's, what's next for you? You know, just like these guys, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm definitely going to be here with the podcast. Gonna, we're, we're, we're taking off with this, you know, little by little. I'm going to start doing some things on the side, learning some new, you know, skills and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, going to set the wheels in motion and everything. Don't want to, you know, divide, divulge too much right now, but... I love how he's like, yeah, we're just, you know, doing things little by little. And I'm here struggling, man. <laughs> I can't even keep up with these DMs. This is crazy. <laughs> but um, I know I know what's next for me. Two things. Two things. One, Lightfall. You, you can't go any other way. Two, probably some dinner, and, and I'm probably going to make some HelloFresh. <laughs> What a segue. What a segue. I know. I know. I'm I'm a fan of HelloFresh. Don't don't mind me. Listen, you're looking at someone who has not been cooking ever until I actually started getting HelloFresh meals at my doorstep. That really gave me a lot of inspiration to start cooking. And Shadow Price knows because we've been friends forever. With HelloFresh, eating well in the new year can be stress-free and delicious you can pick 35 weekly recipes and they have so many options for you to pick from chicken shrimp you name it they have it you get healthy delicious meals easy to make delivered right to your door and we're giving you the good good because you can use promo code p-o-g-h-f-89690 i know it's a mouthful but you'll save 65% off your first box and we'll give you free shipping. And we hope you enjoy your first box of HelloFresh and let them know that we sent you and that we appreciate them for supporting the show. And Guardians, on that note, I know that it's probably 7 a.m., almost time for Rami to wake up, <laughs> but he's still on the podcast. So uh, Rami, I, I appreciate you so much for joining us it's been such an incredible honor to have you back on the show with us after all these years it was uh it was an incredible pleasure and what an in incredible coincidence that you put me on the show with with rami <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i know that you have a lot going on you, you need to get some sleep I, I do i'm happy to uh have you share where we can learn more about you before we let you go. Absolutely. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. That is R-A-M-I, not Y, I. Uh, the, y is the other one. Um, yeah. And uh, you can find me online, RamiAsmail.com. Uh, those are the two places where you can find everything else on RamiAsmail.com. You'll find links to everything I do, including a game development newsletter, 
uh, podcasts with Arabs in the games industry, which, by the way, Rami, we need to talk about that. Um, Definitely. And, um, um, and also all my socials, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that. So if you want to stay in touch, just check out RamiAsmo.com and you can keep up to date with what I'm doing uh, from there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.